Welcome to episode 21 of Radio Daniel. Today we're with the creator and founder of one of the Midwest's largest indie craft festivals. The Strange Folk Festival has been growing for years and is now expanding bigger than ever this year as it occupies nearly every empty store and restaurant at Union Station downtown. Indie crafters, food trucks, beverages, DIY activities, and live music are just a few of the features at this year's event. Hear all about it right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the founder and creator of the Strange Folk Festival, Autumn Wiggins. Welcome back to Radio Dania. This is episode 20, and joining me today is Autumn Wiggins with the Strange Folk Festival. Thank you for joining me, Autumn. You're welcome. It's great to be here. And you know what? I've known Autumn now for, let's see, okay, let's 20, math. 22 years. Math. About 22 years. Yeah. Then. So I was like, it's so funny to see how you and I both have just evolved from naive kids who think we knew everything to adults that we know know everything. Well, I always thought that you actually did know everything because you and Taryn, you know, everybody oh. were just, they were a couple years ahead of me and I'm yeah. like, they're so cool. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were so cool. And I do remember, you know, Autumn, she's, she was our artist. She did window art for the tanning salon. A um, little background on that real quick. My mom owned a tanning salon in O'Fallon, Illinois. And actually your mom started working for us first and then when Autumn turned 14 and then I guess- Had a worker's permit. Right, yeah, <laughs> just like I did. Um, started working for us too. And then she brought her artistic talents and did some window art for the salon. And, and I think I remember I was like, Oh, you're so good. I want you to draw me a tattoo. And I never did get that drawing. <laughs> and I, to this day, have remembered. So um, maybe we can make that happen. Uh, you know, it's only 22 years later. I but... guess my rates are a little higher now. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> Back then, we, we probably would have paid each other in something a bit more natural. <laughs> <laughs> she knows me. But um, let's go back to what inspired you to have this? Um, so, yeah, it was 10 years ago, but before that, I was a web developer at the time, and I was getting really into a lot of the crafty message boards online. Right. And, and seeing people that were, you know, making really cool stuff that wasn't like the stuff that my mom, you know, our moms used to make. Quilts uh, and shit. Yeah, right. right. Um, <laughs> And ducks and bonnets and apple baskets and shit right, like that. Right, right, right. You know, but everybody was making really cool stuff. And there was definitely a movement towards, like, individualism and business. And so people making things and then finding places to sell them. And Etsy was getting started. And I was actually one of the first 800 members of Etsy. I know many of the people who started it. Right. And was really involved in it in its first couple of years. So oh, wow. I had a really big head start on the entire handmade movement. And one thing that most of us that became really involved in that, that wanted to perpetuate that, did was we started craft shows. Mm -hmm. At the time, there were just a handful in urban areas in right. New York City and San Francisco. You know, they were all in cities, and I thought, you know, I think it would be really cool to try to bring this to the suburbs because this whole handmade and crafting movement had a really big push of not your grandma's craft show. Right. I mean, for some people it was almost a little offensive, you know, or almost like ageism in some in some cases. I but can I can see that because it was a very um, non-traditional, very sassy. It yeah. was very sassy. Yeah. So nobody meant to 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 insult anybody no. or anything like that. But we were just trying to differentiate ourselves. Yeah. 
a lot of people were kind of flocking to urban areas to be involved in those shows and stuff. And so when I was kind of getting all into that, I decided I wanted to try to do a craft show and I wanted to try to do it in a suburban setting. And right. So, you know, at the time I was living in O'Fallon, Mayfest, Homecoming, all that were out of the picture. And I decided just to start kind of networking and seeing what I could do to try to have this festival that I, you know, this, this craft show somewhere in my hometown. Yeah. And maybe bring some culture in Definitely. and bring some art in. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I, I was uh, involved in, in an old event that they had. It was a different time of year called Art in the Park. And I, I, I was painting I murals that. at the time, but it, it, was, it wasn't very high attendance. I was like, I teach, I taught kids how to paint the parks department asked me to teach our classes which I did for seven years for next to nothing you know and and they cut a lot of the art programs in the O'Fallon schools you know over those years as well so I was kind of helping to supplement and I got involved through my art in uh, the city and you know teaching through through the parks department but right as far as strange folk was concerned nobody knew that I wanted to do this I just went to arts commission meetings and I just kind of listen in and saw how things worked and the parks department was there you know kind of the people that I needed to know were there yeah and then at one point after sitting in on these meetings for like a year I finally jumped in and said hey I have this whole idea package that I want to do and and start this festival and I bring in the vendors and I I kind of laid it out how I was going to organize the thing is I just want to do this in the park how was that taken at first definitely it took a little while for them to warm up to the name yeah I I had to definitely prove myself that I was going to be able to pull it off. But I came in with the the main point of, I think I can bring, you know, a lot of vendors to this event because I know a lot of people. I had no expectations of making any money off of it, really. I thought I was going to be a vendor at it and sell, and I really didn't end up being able to do that hardly ever. Mm -hmm. I went into it just to kind of see if I could do it with my web development, graphic design skills, and all the networking that I had done in the craft community. It turned out that I just really had all the right skills and talents, ingredients to make the event happen. And then even logistically, like drawing up the maps and placing the vendors and getting the, you know, the first couple of years putting all those pieces together. The event that I started was not at all the same kind of event that the art event that they had had before didn't, wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. The Mayfest or any other event in O'Fallon was I was I was trying something totally new, and then there were I had a fashion show the first year, and then you know subsequently I had a 5K, you know. Well, and I was going to ask year, that too. So add-ons like, were a how, big thing, right? Like, how many vendors did you start with, and how did the fest evolve to what it ultimately has become? It yeah. really has totally. not just grown, but really evolved into this cultural phenomenon in the Midwest regional area. Everybody knows about it. You know, I work really, really hard on it, and then I'm in the middle of it, and I'm just kind of surrounded by what's going on there. So it's, yeah, everywhere I go, people know about it, but I started out with 80 vendors. 80 vendors. Yeah. And now you have to actually turn people down. I've been turning people down for a number of years. Yeah. Yeah, I've always juried it. Even the first year, there were people that applied. And, and, you know, I said, you know, part of this is me curating it. And I think uh, how Strange Book has developed is when people apply, the only person that sees your application is me. Right. And most events are juried by committee. Right. You know what I mean? Nobody Mm -hmm. can pinpoint. 
with everything with Strange Folk, you can pinpoint me, mm -hmm. especially in the beginning. I did all the graphics and logos. I mean, I still do all the logos myself, but I have illustrators that do that background, you know, amazing right. black background work now. I definitely, it was my taste in the vendors and, and also kind of seeing the people that were there and listening and, you know, making it more eclectic at times, like opening it up a little bit to not just that really urban yeah. um, mod style of crafting to, to say that, you know, people who have skills like basket weaving or mm -hmm. spinning yarn and stuff like that, that they deserve a place at Strange Folk too. Like we could all kind of be in this together. Right. There was definitely a, a different platform that I was judging on and a lot of it had to do with branding and mm -hmm. merchandising and how do you, if you're going to have a small business, you know, making things or designing things or being an illustrator, like people want brand association now. That's what we're very used to in consumerism. Yep. So that's what we all did. Even the event itself, mm -hmm. it became a brand. Yes. And that is why in the end I was able to trademark it because that brand is just, you cannot detach that from me and my reputation. Right. And branding like that also, you know, creates an air of intellectual property. You can't copyright what you make. Mm -hmm. You can copyright drawings. Sure. Two-dimensional things and artwork, but you can't copyright if you make a bag or a, you know, piece of jewelry or something like that. So how you separate yourself out from the rest is your brand. So that's really how it grew, was all these people starting their own brand. And then, like I said, like adding in maybe some people that didn't have the greatest branding, but were really amazing skilled craftspeople. So sure. I think it just brings everybody out, like all ages. All from, ages? From all, you know, kinds of places. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what's the farthest place that a vendor has come from? Oh, vendors? Because I know that they're coming from everywhere. Vendors are coming from, uh, like, Washington State. Uh, definitely had some people from Canada. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny because there are centers of craftiness around the country, um, like Portland. And, and I don't have too many people come from California or New York City. They don't need to. They, they've got right. plenty to do around. But say, you know, Indiana, they also have places that have really big handmade scenes, but not enough people to run a million shows a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, or, you know, enough population to, to do that. They're the ones that are traveling around more. And it's funny, even now, there's makers out there that just go around and go to these music festivals mm -hmm. and they sell like festival wear, like they do like the feather stuff, you sure. know what I mean? And they know their audience and they love music festivals. So right. that's where they go. Everybody's finding their own niche now. Yes. Years ago when I, when I went, you never had musical acts. And I know that you've added those along the way. Are you gonna have some musical acts this year? Absolutely. I think the first year or two didn't really know any bands. Uh -huh. um, I always make the playlist myself. The second year I had a DJ who picked all the music and I was like, nope, no more. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and so um, for many, many years, Strange Folk, most of what you hear there is a streaming playlist that I build up over the year and I pay attention to music blogs and there's a lot of soundtracks that people just kind of recognize, you know, in there. Uh, a lot of Wes Anderson stuff. And to create ambiance. Yeah, that's that's right. really the most important thing. And then the bands always come organically. Uh, I will go out and check You'll them out. see one now, and right. just be like, yeah, I need you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And there are, there are bands that come back almost every year that I love to have. It's just like vendors. Vendors come back every year. They right. have new stuff to sell the band. You know, it's like a big Are they local party. bands? This year, all the bands will be local. 
can you share who those bands are? Um, I, let's see. Well, what I have confirmed: uh, Cave of Swords, uh, Letters to Memphis, Stephen Coretta is always open for us, and he's coming back. I have some more in the works. So awesome. there's 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 a lot of emails floating around out there and some bugging to do. But I have verbal confirmations from some people. Right. We have a we have a full we have a full schedule. It's not about gathering around the bands and it, it's more the bands are creating ambiance sure. too. So Absolutely. there's there's very little that you'll there's see. There's a little focus see. on on the band. They get exposure sure, and people, sure. people that wouldn't normally go see a band mm-hmm. will see a band at Strange Folk and yep. then at least like know who they are and like, oh they're good and then if they see them playing around town they're gonna go see them. Um, and I do let the bands come in and I don't charge them anything to sell merch. Mm-hmm. I pay them. You know, everybody's pretty happy. They they know what to expect. They know it's not really about them, but right. that it's really about it, the ambiance. So. Sure. So where are they going to be set up? Are they going to be like right by Hard Rock? They or? are the third floor where Hooters is. You can see straight across. I don't even think that I actually prefaced this. We are at Union Station right now. <laughs> and so the third floor... Hooters. Hooters at Union Station. Um, the bands will be playing out to the mall. Okay. From the third floor. And then they can go in and out. There's okay. a door up there. So they can play out on the balcony to the food trucks will all be outside and there'll be a lot, you know, things going on outside. But all the shopping and vendors are going to actually be inside. Really? So how this is going to be set up in here. Nobody's ever done this before. I'm taking over every empty space in the mall. I've leased every empty store. I'm filling everyone with crafters. So crafters get their own store, essentially. Essentially, groups of crafters get their own stores to merchandise, and they're going to be department store style. So, I mean, it won't be like all the clothing vendors in one store, all, you know. It'll be like themed, like we might have a lot of more bohemian type crafters in one store. We might have children's clothes and toys in another. I have what a, a I, gift. I have a great... How, how did you get hooked up with Union Station? <laughs> so, I did a contract job here over Fashion Week, and that was the first time i actually been for a, a regional arts commission. So, I had actually not been here since I was a little kid, and I did we not know. We were just talking about that. It's been years since we've been here. Um, yeah, so the, the hotel actually yeah. invested a lot in... Uh, fixing up the, the hotel part if you know you saw inside how beautiful it, it yeah, is absolutely very ornate um, yeah so that was the part that i saw that i thought i was like wow well this is really cool but i think it's a little too fancy for strange folk but i you know the thought crossed my mind and uh then this january when i decided to you know in my in my mind at the time and i am allowed to change my mind but at the time i was ready to just end it mm-hmm. um and uh, work on my shop, concentrate on my shop. I mean, I have two giant projects. Strange Folk and Upcycle um, both have over 7,000 Facebook fans. Um, and, and the Upcycle Exchange is your store. Yeah. <laughs> is it on Cherokee? That's hard to explain. It was on Grand. I've been at the shop for five years. Right. And my shop was damaged in the civil the unrest right the riots right and i was actually there when it happened oh and my you know God, my windows right. got broken i and followed that a lot we and were that was, yeah so that i mean it was kind of traumatic and it was traumatic bit. for the street yeah and you know i mean at some point i kind of needed to either really concentrate on that mm-hmm. or kind of move it or you know do do i had to do something and i knew that i I couldn't really concentrate on it and do Strange Folk at the same time. Not to mention the fact that I couldn't... I went, went in to end it and I said I can't afford to do Strange Folk. 
anymore. You and know. you said that in January. Yes. Okay. So I was hell bent on this is over and right. you can't do it without me. Right. So, because obviously all that hoopla, um, I came out the other side okay, but that was when a lot of my friends and people who knew how big Strange Folk was and here I was like, I'm just going to blow the whole thing up. Right, right. I was, and I didn't care. I was like, you have it's 40 mine. Of people, it's mine. It's I mine can, to blow up. I can blow so up. And whatever. I, that, that's such a great feeling. Right, you know, right. Even if it's just for a little bit, but then I kind of... kind of like Dr. Evil. I, <laughs> I got called an evil queen in the News Democrat. <laughs> so well, um, you've made it now, huh? <laughs> right? Yeah, right. So Union Station came to mind as, you know, I'm going over this with my cronies, as some people like to call them, which is the craft mafia, which I know we all we all sound like evil, whatever. It's it's people mingling with each other independently. We're allowed to do that. So, uh, you know, everybody's kind of encouraged me like, well, what about here? What about here? And I'm like, I don't know if I want to move it. I don't know. I'll go look. I'll go look. So I came here. Um, I talked to the management and, you know, they know strange folk. Everybody does strange folk. And uh, you got to take a look around. Thought about having it out in the shed for a little bit. That became intimidating to me because I get really overzealous with installations and uh, exhibits and stuff. And right. so, like that parking shed and being able to hang stuff from the rafters, I, I was just like, I oh saw my gosh, that. Like, yeah. What, <laughs> what am I gonna do? I got a little bit overwhelmed by it, and I just kind of set it on the back burner. And I really had to deal with all the media, you know, that was happening around Strange Folk and just deciding. And I was kind of letting O'Fallon fall on their own sword and seeing if they would just give it up and they just wouldn't give it up and wouldn't give it up and I'm like I'm just I'm gonna keep looking because I would rather just do it again than take them to court or something like that sure but only if I really find a place that inspires me and I kept coming back to this place and like I just I love this because I grew up coming here and so I talked with the hotel managers again and he brought me inside the mall and he's like well what you know what about using some of the space in here and we talked about having tables in here and stuff and then you know out of that conversation well let's ask management if we can maybe just put everybody inside the stores and it took some time it did but even while I was in the process of getting that approved I had already started planning and going around and you know and then they got me with keys going in and measuring and looking at all these like spaces that you know places people haven't been in for like five years that right doors haven't been right so that became like the most amazing prospect ever to me to have this mall full of crafters and especially like the political statement that makes and the thing was was that I only can do it this year because they have developers that are going to be working on fixing up the like really doing construction and right. putting a ferris wheel out in the parking lot oh okay I don't have too many details on that but I sure. know the construction starts next year and that I'm not going to be able to do you know I think they plan on filling shops or you know mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not sure but I just know this is it I get right. one chance at this and I decided to go ahead and do it. So we worked out the contracts so that I was basically like leasing every single empty space. Right. And I used some of the parking lot and all of this. That's amazing. And I get to, I actually have been going around here throwing magnets all over the place off of this with a string because it's a steel exoskeleton. So, oh my gosh, right. So uh, I'll be doing a lot of really amazing installations with lightweight materials where all I have to do is get in a scissor lift and just toss it at right. Rafters, right. <laughs> you know, with magnets. So you'll be seeing a lot of lightweight materials, creating atmosphere, a lot of LED lighting. Are there things to do for kiddos this year? Yes. Fort Featherbottom is yes. going to be in space. 
Oh, really? Yes, I'm no so way. Um, so actually, it's going to be right over here. So during the day, uh, we are actually in the back where the, if, if people remember where the old body shop used to be. Oh, yeah, I remember these, that. These, yeah. So right down here. These stores in the back, I'm actually not going to be using. They have like people going in them soon enough or whatever. So yeah, we're going to be using the open floor space and the light shines in through these windows all day, usually really beautifully. So we'll be doing some fabric installations where the light will shine through, but it'll look like you're actually in outer space. Um, That's so exciting. They'll be using the sunlight for that. Um, and then I have some stuff to build a, a replica a international space station. Oh. <laughs> um, Where'd you get that idea? Well, I boys? actually, I wish, but no. Uh, How old are your boys now? They're 13 and 14. Jesus. <laughs> they're not boys. They're, they're teenagers oh my God. now. Okay. No, they think it's pretty cool, though, but I, it was actually, uh, there's a reuse place that that's a lot of like industrial stuff and houseware and lumber and stuff that a friend of mine runs that had these giant plastic tanks yeah with, like portholes and stuff around oh, on wow. them like they're they were white tanks and I was like right. Save me these two. And, you know, that's right. where it all came from that. So, yeah. O'Fallon still has Fort Featherbottom in storage, I presume, unless they mm. they, they could have just burned it all, I guess, right. if they wanted to. That's what <laughs> or, or said they did. <laughs> Whatever. I could not liberate Fort Featherbottom or my laptop, unfortunately. So, I'm starting from scratch. That is mind-blowing. And, yeah. So, I mean, without getting into a, a, a ton of details, you were basically, um, I don't know, forced out of O'Fallon? Not really forced. I told them I was. I told them I was. I was ending it. Yeah. Well, you could say they basically tried to confiscate the festival from me. Right. Right. Um, gotcha. In kind of underhanded kind of ways. Yes. The entire time I've been running the festival, every they call them attendant properties. Okay. You know the website, the social sure. media, all of the intellectual property. Right. For strange right. folk, solely belongs to me. Very. Right precedent to yeah. you know what I mean like that's very obvious that it's my intellectual property there was never any contracts between me and the city of O'Fallon there is never and even if you know I mean I taught art classes for them and at the end of the festival like I would get you know a, a small check for I was told what was left over sure really they were you know in the beginning it was like oh you can process credit cards great i don't have to use paypal but it ended up being like they yeah. thinking they could just own it that way sure. but that wasn't the case i wasn't giving them ownership right and that's why i told them they couldn't do it anymore and then they thought they could so they started emailing me like asking me for my facebook passwords and so i was like no <laughs> and um Things just got a little fuzzy, and so I just kind of waited on it, you know, and yeah. just kind of saw what they did, and they took my uh, illustrator's artwork from the I year remember. before. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and, and they edited that very but crudely. Yeah, yeah. And they tried the same. to Exactly. What I've said publicly over and over again, yes. that they are not even capable of physically, logistically, or legally producing Strange Folk Festival, so they looked really foolish trying to do it. Mm -hmm. And they looked even more foolish continuing to berate me in the media as much as they could because social media was definitely on, on my side. side. Because in issues of intellectual property, people get really mad about other people getting taken advantage right. of by, you know, a lot of people say it was like a David and Goliath thing. Intellectual property is one of those things that even the really small guy who doesn't have any money, when you create something, 
for the most part, unless you sign those rights over to somebody else and sell it to them, whatever, those are yours to do with what you want. Right. And nobody can take that away from you unless it is diluted. So my suggestion too to people, anybody who wants to do something like this, is you don't delegate out things that include your intellectual property. You know, if you don't want to do all the work and you want to do it by committee, then don't expect to own it. But I didn't do it by committee. That and you can do it. Position. And you pulled it off. And you've, you've been pulling it off for, you know, so many years. What else can people see at Strange Folk? Somebody that's never been to Strange Folk, okay. they can expect to see a lot of craft vendors. They can expect food. Oh, absolutely. We'll um, have lots of food. Alcohol you can drink. All right. Uh, we're have, we have Art Bar coming and they're going to take over a whole restaurant in the front. And serving out from there, uh, doing some cool uh, games and live art and stuff. Dabble is coming, and they're going to be doing a bunch of workshops. Um, Dabble is a class platform that just came into St. Louis that are national. So uh, they are going to be having workshops, learn some things about gardening, learn some things about DIY. They're taking a whole section of a restaurant. There's going to be a crafty restaurant. We haven't decided on an overall name yet, but it is it is an empty restaurant that we will get run of, that you will be able to get supplies for certain projects, and Strange Folk always has lots of hands-on projects, but now you'll be doing them in a restaurant, at a restaurant table, right? like in a booth or whatever, Neat. and that goes inside out. I have Port Feather Bottom. The craft vendors, now you're going to find such a variety. Everybody's right. kind of honed in. It's not really a craft show. This is that's right. why we're really referring to everybody as makers. Right. You'll find illustrations. I've got a 3D, Griffin 3D is a 3D printing company that is out of Cherokee Street. They'll be here with their 3D printers selling there. They build them on Cherokee. Oh, wow. Really unique stuff. It's not just a craft show. Sure. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of fabrication with mass customization equipment, like CNC's and laser cutters and stuff. So there's a lot of new technology kind of mixed with, you know, what you would think as crafts and, sure. and just merchandise. Sure. And so yeah, it's going to be a big mix of technology and whimsy. Well, I call whimsical fuckery. This is all over love the place. It. It's, it's so much fun. It is so much fun. It's really inspiring. I mean, it's very inspiring. and I just try to create atmosphere. Is, That's it. Is atmosphere is number huge. one important. Yeah. Um, my sponsors are pretty much mostly bartered sponsorships. Mm -hmm. And I only go with companies that I feel are, uh, you know, startups I want to support. Mm -hmm. People that I network with that I'm not asking them for hundreds of thousands, twenty-five thousand dollars. I'm not going to banks to make money to make this event happen. Mm -hmm. I'm going with companies that I believe in to bring something to this event, and they have responsibilities. Are we going to see Circa? Yes, Circa I love here. Circa. Circa's my favorite. Well, she actually sells under Mellow Mountain. Right. Now. Right. Or that's her show that's name. Her, yeah. Yeah, we've got 200 vendors. So, so many. You'll have maps of where to find them. So exciting. What's your website? Strangefolkfestival.com. Can people see a list of vendors beforehand? Not or? yet. We'll put those up pretty soon beforehand. I've already picked the vendors, but uh -huh. there's shuffling that, that goes on with alternates and stuff. Yeah. And what I really like to do is, being a web developer, I am always like messing around with mm -hmm. new ways to get information out there not just be a static web page so you know instead of having like just a list of vendors we might just have a feed of their instagrams nice you know what i mean like something yeah. that's a little more live feed a little less static yeah um and so you might not get a whole 
you know, well, here's one, one, two, three, four, five, you know, right. vendors, you might just kind of get this visual picture mm -hmm. online. Um, and then food vendors, we've always had a lot of great food vendors, and we'll have a lot of them back, even ones that are based in O'Fallon. So, you know, you'll see old favorites, but now we, in the new location, we have a lot more food trucks and, awesome. and stuff like that that are interested that wouldn't be able to, to come do it over the, the other side of the river. Sure. That's exciting. And they can always follow you on social media, Facebook. Are you Twitter? Are you on Twitter? I'm kind of on Twitter. So Mostly Facebook, though, right? I, it's mostly Facebook. I just tell people, Autumn Elaine, A-U-T-U-M-N-E-L-A-Y-N-E, -E -E is me. Right. I'm Strange Folk. I put out stuff about Strange Folk on there. Or if you want to talk to me on Twitter, that's how to get to me. On Facebook, our page is really kind of where the action is, but we'll be posting stuff there. And if you go and you RSVP on the event page, which is right at the top of our Facebook page, which is Strange Folk Festival, you know, right. you'll find it. You'll get notified. And I don't post stuff every day. I know it's annoying, but if there's something like I really want everybody to know, you can, mm -hmm. if you're on the event page, you'll actually get notifications when stuff pops up. And then Instagram, we're Strange Folk Festival at Instagram. It's a great family-friendly event. We try to keep as many cuss words out of it as possible. <laughs> Didn't even think, <laughs> yeah. I don't even hold it back in front of my own kids, but. Uh, yeah, no, I know a lot of us are like that. We have some, I mean, if that's your thing, we definitely have some really cool vendors that do like subversive cross-stitch type, yeah. type patterns and right. things like that. You know, that is gonna be here, but those vendors are asked to keep it just not obvious. Well, sure. There's you know. a little something for you, and then there's a little something for your kids. Have your kids visit Fort Featherbottom and. One other kind of weird thing that we do is uh, this year, we're doing pay-as-you-wish tickets. We, we, we didn't want to sell tickets. I never want strange folk to, to be, you know, to have that. I don't want lines. I don't, sure. want, I don't want to scan tickets. That's a whole other expense in and of itself, just right. to sell the tickets. But I'm just asking anybody, if you've been a strange folk in the past, if you, you know, enjoy it, if you enjoy it this year, like we have these $10 tickets, you can go online and buy it. You get a 10% off coupon with any vendor. And that actually, like if you spend $100 with one vendor, it's it, the it ticket pays, pays for, for itself. And then you're also getting a package of seeds from this adorable 15-year-old girl that started her own seed company that's like this awesome little organic farmer. And she's just, I love her, her name's Clara Stone. Um, she, she's coming to my shop a ton, but uh, her company is called Quicksland Seeds. And so you're getting this awesome packet of seeds uh, and helping this, this girl, you know, I'm buying them from her for the tickets. Uh, so yeah, you get you get some cool, you know, plants you can plant, yeah. flowers you can plant, and and a coupon. And then we do have levels above that where you get the tote bag and the t-shirt. And then um, the illustrator who has worked on Strange Show for a couple of years, Jeffrey Johnson, he did this year's illustration. Me and him are actually writing a children's book on intellectual property. That is the gnomes and it's it's basically the story of strange folk and a little right. for, different you know <laughs> for children for children <laughs> and adults That's some cute. of them um so at one level like you get that book we're self-publishing is and it done he, is it published it's there, not it's not published it's not published yet. i mean he's an amazing illustrator mm -hmm. and we've been working on the storyboards and stuff and it's going to come together really quickly, but those are going to those are going to get shipped out in September, and we'll post them. Nice. Yeah, that's um, exciting. A lot of fun ideas, but the pay as you wish tickets. If you pay for a ticket, it's basically. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty much kind of paying me right. for doing this. And am I going to do it again next year? Everybody wants to know. I don't know. You know, I have a whole other career that's related to this. Right. But 
everybody has to make a living. Sure. And over all these years, I've made so little living off right. of so much work. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I'm not going nonprofit. I'm not asking for big sponsors. I want to keep running Strange Folk the way I always have. And Strange Folk's budget is at least a tenth, if not a twentieth, of the budget of most events this size, mm -hmm. and creates very little waste overall compared to them. So. You know, I'm really proud of this event, and I think that a lot of people love it enough that they would just throw it on a tin. You tip your bartender, right. you know, whatever. Right. But the thing is, too, if the Indiegogo doesn't go anywhere, if that doesn't end up, if we don't end up selling a lot of tickets, it's fine. The festival's still going to happen. Sure. It just means that, hey, maybe it ends now, because I was already ready to end it. But to, to be able to do this here and make the statement of... There's enough of us out here making things to fill a fucking mall. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm excited to do that no matter what I get paid in the end. It's going to be a blast. September yeah. the 26th and 27th here at Union Station, downtown St. Louis on Market. Yes. I cannot 1820 wait. 1820 Market. And everybody's asking about parking. Mm. We don't have dedicated lots that we're selling tickets for. Sure. But we will have a map of all the lots. There's independent people open up these lots independently. We have connections with some people right. to open up the lots. So we'll make sure everybody knows where they can park. But the big thing, take the metro like it gets off in the garage. Oh, and right. Uber will be running over in Illinois. So I'm a big fan of Uber. I know I would love it. I would love to have it here. But for now, can have somebody pick you up, take you to the Metrolink, closest Metrolink station, and, and then have them pick you up when you get back because you don't actually right. have to drive anywhere to right. get there. Easy as pie. Thank you, Autumn. Thank you. This was a blast and Yay. good catching up a little bit, you know, talking business. And um, <laughs> can't wait to see you in September. Great. See you there. Special thanks to Autumn for taking time to sit and chat. The event takes place at Union Station, downtown St. Louis, on Saturday, September 26th from 10 to 8, and on Sunday the 27th from 10 to 5. Come hang out and make sure you stop by and say hello to Autumn herself at Haunted Hooters. Thanks for listening, and until next time, later.